Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, Steve Pintado. On today's episode, we're talking ADP values and fades today. Basically, just going over your ADP, currently average draft position, and basically talking about some of those players that we like their ADP and some we really don't like their ADP. Um, and let me introduce our guest, not guest, I'm sorry, our co-host, Jibron Curtis. What's going on, Jibs? Hey, if you want me to be relegated to a guest, I'll, by means, let me do that. No, uh, I love that. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We can't have that, man. What's going <laughs> on, man? Missed you last week. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, just coming off a nice little vacation. Did a lot of traveling. Got back to Hurricane back home. Not like literally, but just a lot of things to do. And now it's Thursday. Oh, no. Today's Wednesday. Now it's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Thursday. And I'm ready to pod. Let's yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm liking these uh, two days, uh, two days a week podcast. Now it's uh, it's taking up a lot more time in my life than I wanted to, but it's okay. It's all good fun talking fantasy and having you guys listen to us. So uh, let me bring in our guest today, and actually a member of our team here, uh, Justin, who just joined this past like month or so now. So Justin, what's what's going on, man? Welcome into the show. What's going on, guys? Yeah, I'm real excited. First time on the podcast, so I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm real excited. What's awesome. that fan head behind you? Got Jim Hall Charles. I was going to say that. Oh, uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, there we go. I didn't get to ask you, uh, what's, what's your favorite football team? I didn't know. I think I've asked you yet before. I'm it's a Bears guy. I'm from Chicago. So, oh, okay. yeah, real exciting year. I mean, obviously, we got Fields. Couldn't be more happy about that. So, I'm real excited for my Bears to see what Fields got this preseason. Um, I'm excited. Well, trying to protect my life. But that's, hey, man, uh, it's a good time to be a Bears fan in that name. I mean, it's, Right. Just got the quarterback position again. I mean, I feel you, man. Dolphins fan. Uh, I feel like we're doing a new QB every every two years. So uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully there's some glimmer for both Fields and Tua this year. So And maybe Jalen Hurts, too. I'll throw you in there, too, Jib. So we'll see how that works out. You guys have been pretty good on quarterbacks at times over your guys' uh, longevity. So so Donna McNabb was almost a decade. So can't go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But uh, like I said, on today's episode, guys, we're talking ADP fades and oh, – Andy Dalton for life there. That's our coach Rob there. Oh, okay. Eh, I don't like it, but uh, Andy Dalton's red rifle. Uh, it's Joe Burrow's time now, so let's not live in the past anymore, Rob. Uh, so <laughs> like today's episodes, we're doing ADP fades and values. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, we do have some news to talk about. Again, a lot of it's hype stuff still going on. Everyone loving everyone right now or hating whatever. But this was interesting. This came out today. Carson Wentz. Could play week one. So could uh, Quentin Nelson. They mentioned that they could possibly play week one, which is intriguing because, you know, there's that beginning, uh, you know, timeline of, you know, six weeks at least uh, for them to even come back. And now that we're talking about them possibly playing week one, again, it could very much not happen. Uh, but with this information here now, guys, um, I'll let you go first, Justin. Does this intrigue you to maybe want to get a guy like Carson Wentz as your QB2 or as like a backup quarterback now in drafts? Or are you still staying away from him right now? Yeah, I mean, as far as right now, I'm staying away from Wentz. Um, right when the Colts made the move, right, I was feeling great about it. I still think there's some gas left in Carson's tank, but the injury's concerning. And hearing this week one buzz, I don't know if it's just the coaching staff and social media trying to get the pot stirring. Um, I know everyone wants to see Wentz play, but as far as fantasy – I'm staying away from him, um, and I'm actually nervous to take people like Pittman or all those options. I mean, it's hard when Wentz is questionable to start the season. Uh, I mean, I'm staying away from him. It's too many red flags for me. Yeah, no, I definitely love your point there, honestly. It's definitely somewhat of a concern for sure. Chip, mm-hmm. what about you, my friend? Are you feeling similar to what we kind of feel, or you you have some optimism? Uh, I'm not touching him. 
just because even if he does come back, like I know just being an Eagles fan and just going through it year after year that like it's like going to linger. It's not like he's just going to – what was it, three to four to 12-week injury and he's going to come back like pretty much an eight or so. Like He's coming back early no matter what, but – I, I just don't think he's going to be healthy. And still, like, Quentin Nelson's a big piece in the offensive line. They say he's going to play, but I, I don't really don't like offensive linemen just going into, like, the year just like that. So so throughout the year, it could be, like, uh, I don't, I'm not saying, like, anybody could get hurt, but I don't think it's going to be as productive as if those two were actually, like, at 100%. So I'm downgrading them. Um, I don't know if he's going to go drafted, but, like, he could be a nice waiver asset if you get him after the free agency. Yeah, and that's, I think that's how you should play with a guy like Carson Wentz now right now and not kind of go out there and try to expect him to be, be back by week one. Because if, it, if, he, if he is back by week one, again, there's the injury, you know, that's going to take some time to get and kind of get back on his feet in the correct way, especially for the NFL. So it's probably better off you either draft him with your last pick if you really want to think that he's going to take that next step. I don't think anyone was really thinking Carson Wentz was going to be a top seven quarterback this season. So you're probably better off, like we've all kind of mentioned at this point, just – let him sit on waivers, and if he starts playing well, go pick him up then, and maybe you have a quarterback that can get you through the playoffs at the end of the season. So they're, they do play Houston Texans two times at some point. So, I mean, there's going to be some decent <laughs> points there. right there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I lost my other note here, but I'm going to leave it off. But Rashad Bateman, the rookie wide receiver from the Baltimore Ravens, he's week to week right now. He suffered an injury um, over the last couple of days now. I believe it was like a groin, core muscle injury, and then he actually had a foot injury. Um, I think that's what's really keeping him sidelined at this point now. But I don't know if you guys were high on a guy like Rashad Bateman because of the opportunity you could maybe see in this Baltimore Ravens offense and the fact that he was a first-round pick. But uh, are you guys targeting still, or is this kind of leading you away from that? Uh, Jibs, I'll let you go first on this. I think I'll target him. I think you could probably get a little bit of a cheaper um, draft capital for him, maybe around like later than usual. So I think you could like if you're drafting now, but I think as a uh, weeks progress, cause they said so he's going to be just a couple weeks out. So I don't think he's going to have like a lingering effect. So I think he'll be start of the season. He'll be good. But like, if something were to go wrong, just like throw him on the end of your bench and throw him on IR. Perfect. Boom. No yeah, problem. I mean, that's, that's not a bad way to think about it. That's for sure. Uh, Justin, what about you, my friend? How do you feel about this the injury with Bateman? Yeah. So here's the thing. I saw something this morning saying that he there's no possibility that he's going to play week one. Now, I don't know if that's 100% true or not, but if that is the case, it obviously worries me. I mean, his type of injury is something that could be reoccurring throughout the season. Um, and because of that, I obviously that worries me. There's more people like Sammy Watkins, I feel like, that might have a little boost. I mean, what? He's been unbelievable every week. Week one. Week one. Wait for the week one game. If Bateman's not playing week one, I mean, Sammy Watkins could be a last-round snag just to throw him in there. I mean, who knows? But as far as Bateman, I'm nervous. I mean, Lamar, he it's a run-first offense, right? So even if he was healthy, he would still be that second, third option on that team on a non-passing squad so i'm gonna have to give a pass on bateman but hell of a talent great great talent yeah and i think I, i'm actually on the same board with you as justin like you know you heard last year about debo samuel his foot injury though he had mm-hmm. surgery actually it was a little bit different of an injury but anything i feel like involving the foot with wide receivers it's it's for me it's it's a it's a situation to stay away from because it's going to come back like you've mentioned already and he plays wide receiver he's going to be using his feet constantly and again if that's that kind of injury that's going to continue to come in and come back week in and week out. It's not something I really want to deal with. I get the upside, though, of his game, because if he can stay healthy, obviously he could be their wide receiver one on their team there. But uh, the injury definitely does scare me off a little bit. I think, like Jibs mentioned, getting him in, if you can get him at the end of your draft, like 15th, 16th round, I'd be okay with that, obviously, because he's going to get drafted. It's going to happen. Someone's going to take him. And if he kind of falls in that last few rounds, I think you'll be pretty fine to take that risk at that point. But don't expect him to be a round 11 10 guy that you think could be a contributor week one because i don't think he's playing week one i agree all right guys so now we're going over to our main topic of the day here and it's adp values when do the values first we'll be positive with our our takes today uh so justin i'm gonna let you go first on your very first one here what's your first adp value uh 
Good ADPs? Yes. All right. Uh, my first one, I'm going more earlier in the draft. So ADP around the 3-4 wrap is Bears running back David Montgomery. Um, I really like him. He's more of an RB2 range. Like I said, he's near the 3-4 wrap. Um, his last six or eight weeks, I believe, of the season, he was a top 10 running back, clearly. And the thing about him is he's a workload back, right? Nagy said this summer, I will be shocked and I want to be determined to give this man 20 touches at least a game. So just hearing that, right, perks up my ears. Uh, he's a very hard runner, and I feel like 17 games this year, he can easily get 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, maybe 10 up there. Uh, the thing about him, though, is the PPR value, right? I mean, yes, he's a workhorse, but there's people like Tariq Cohen coming back from a whole season-ending injury last year. Got Damian Williams, the rookie, Khalil. I mean, there's a lot of bodies there, but at his position, if you can get him at an RB2, I mean, he was the he was a top 10 RB for almost the whole second half of the season. So as an RB2, I could live with that. I really like his value. And do you happen to mention where his ADP is currently right now? Yeah, it's towards the three, four round wrap. So anywhere from the end of the third to the start of the fourth. Around 40 typically. Yeah, 40, right. 38. Yeah, I just had a draft actually two days ago, and I got him with the second pick in the fourth round as my RB2. So around that range, right? Right now, like looking on their site, it's 31 fantasy pros. Yeah, it's, it ranges. It's high. Three, four, right? So Even on yeah. – it's 28 right now, actually, on the um, half-point PVR. But if you're getting him, like Justin just said, in round four, the value is there, absolutely, because you're not getting many workhorses backs at that point there. Yeah, just I, as an RB2, like not even that fourth round. If you can get him as an RB2, I'd love that. Okay. I, like I said, I don't hate it. I like Montgomery's talent for sure. Uh, and if he sees that workload that you know they're talking about, I mean, he's a value at that point. I think of the drafts that other teams are just – other running backs – probably going ahead of him, could not be getting. We just think are going to take that next step. So Montgomery's done it last year, even though, you know, there's controversial on how his season went. But, uh, mm. yeah, he's got a lot of uh, – he's got perks uh, this coming season here for sure. Jibs, my friend, over to you. What is your first ADP value? Okay, looking at Fantasy Pro's ADP, half PPR scoring, it's Devontae Adams. It goes without being said. Uh, obviously, there's a market adjustment coming. Like, he's he was probably, like, uh, lowered on the rankings with the Aaron Rodgers situation, but now it's going to keep rising up and up. But, like, right now he's 12th, which is, like, behind pretty much a good tier of running backs. We have Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, sorry. Yeah, those guys and um, Aaron Jones and Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. But for me, like this guy last year scored 300 points in half PPR. I mean, half PPR scoring and he averaged 21 and a half points per game. Like that's a guy I want. That's a safe pick. Like I think like, yeah, like I know he's been injured and had like maybe missed two games pretty much last couple of seasons. But I'll take those lumps. But like I just think Aaron Rodgers this year and Devontae Adams are going to go on a revenge tour and just destroy the NFL league. And I want all the, I want all the picks. I want all my chips on him. So like, I'll pick him like high six. Cause like, I'm kind of queasy on Saquon Barkley. I feel like it's a safe pick after that. I think he could have more catches, which will kind of like negate like Nick Chubb being up in that rank. And so that's my take on it. Last dance. Yeah. That's going to be a great one this year. Uh, I love that one, Jibs. Honestly, the way you think about it, it's like, you know, the RBs are such a up and down position in terms of boom or bust in terms of injuries. And yeah, Adams had his own situation when it comes to injuries, but he's just so dominant and likelihood of him missing many games are not as much as a possible running back going down early on in the season. Especially we all know that our round one running backs usually get hurt. Someone usually gets hurt in that round one. And uh, Adams, if you take him as early as six, I mean, and he's going as late as 12, at least. I mean, you're just getting value there. Uh, in your drafts this coming season here that you just take that stud and just, you know, Jibs last year had Devontae Adams everywhere. and uh, I loaded up. Like, I hated playing against it because he was putting up 20-plus fantasy points each and every week. So it's just something you don't want to deal with as an opponent. So you might as well go get him and grab him as your wide receiver one in those early round one drafts. So. Then you go back and you may have, like, Mixon and, like, I'll talk I about guess Harris, all that stuff. No, I'm saying from, like, that tier and below. 
and then you can decide from there. Or you could just wait, pick a receiver, and then hopefully Monty's there for you. Boom, right? Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Nice three to start the season. Besides Mixon, though, but uh, nice solid three here. So uh, my first one here, I uh, just want to make sure I didn't take your guys' one again here. No, I didn't. Okay, my first one was A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown right now, in, in terms of fantasy pros, he is going uh, ADP number 24. So he's going at the end of round two, beginning of round three right now in drafts. And to me, it's just it's just mind-boggling because I think now you give him a weapon that's going to take off the double coverage that he dealt with all last season. He had surgery this offseason on his knees that he apparently had terrible a terrible injury as he was going through the entire season. He was dealing with injury the entire season that he needed actual surgery for, but yet pulled it off for the season. Now that he's had that, he's out of the way with Ryan Tannehill and him have a tremendous connection over the last two seasons. Now, I mean, they've been literally the top tier in terms of wide receivers and quarterback team uh, since he's become the starting quarterback. And again, going into another year now, less pressure with Julio Jones on the other side of the field at this point. And you're getting him at the end of round two, beginning of round three, who could at this point, I think, even with Julio Jones there, could end up still being the wide receiver one in fantasy because he is so dynamic with the ball in his hands after the catch. What he's able to do when he gets to open space is remarkable. And again, I think that's a value right now that if you're getting, I think if you get Christian McCaffrey at 101 and somehow A.J. Brown follows to you at the basically the 212, uh, I mean, you have yourself a wide receiver one there like without question. And I think A.J. Brown is going to make a lot of fantasy owners happy this season. Okay, okay, here. So we're going back around the circle again, guys, here. Justin, you're back up on the clock here. What's your second ADP value? Yeah, so I'm going to turn the clock back a little bit on this one. Uh, My second player is actually Odell Beckham. Uh, His ADP is around 70, so seventh round according to Fantasy Pros, um, anywhere 68, 69, 70. So Odell's returning his third season in a Browns uniform after an awful injury last year. I remember watching that game. Oh, I felt bad for that man. Um, But up until then, he had a very up and down season, right? I mean, I don't believe he had a hundred yard receiving game. Uh, He rarely scored the ball. I think he only had like three touchdowns. Two of them were in maybe one game or something like that. So the thing about him, right, I know I'm just downplaying him right now, right before I'm about to hype him up. Uh, He is still the number one option on this Browns team. He is still a fantastic, talented player. And if he stays healthy, I don't see why he doesn't get under or over a thousand receiving yards, near 80, 90 receptions and seven touchdowns, right? I mean, he's the number one option here. Baker has the relationship between Baker and Odell is there. The chemistry is there. And I know Baker was saying just last week, a couple days ago, that Odell looks rejuvenated in camp. He looks like his old self. He looks great. And as a wide receiver three, why not? I would love my wide receiver three to be the number one option on a team, a player who gets a thousand yards and a player who's going to score. And he's, he's a fun player to watch, right? Who, who doesn't like Odell? So I I like him this year. His ADP seventh round, that's making me drool. I mean, he's a great player. And as a wide receiver three, be my guess. I would have loved him. And I, and I love you talking about Odell, too, because we mentioned our last podcast there. The guys brought up a lot about Odell and how they like Brandon Ayuk better than Odell. And and that's, that's a great example of why Odell, I think, is still a great value because he has that potential to be their wide receiver one. He has potential to really come back and show that form that we saw early on in his career with a team who, again, they started the ball around last year. And I think it was because, hey, you don't have Odell. So let's mix it around. Let's get everyone involved at this point. Odell is going to command targets. And uh, seventh round value right now, I think that's just ridiculous, especially if you get a measure three. Mm -hmm. You can't go wrong with that. And there's people like Chris Godwin, right, who I actually kind of do like. But he's going in, what, the fourth round? And I can see him and Odell having very similar stats this year. If both are healthy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. why would you go for a Godwin in the fourth when you can get Odell in the seventh? That's just me. I feel like the ADP is there. Great value. No, that is that is fantastic value. Can't go wrong with that whatsoever. Jibs? Imagine 2022 season, the year Joe Mixon and Odell actually come through. Now. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Same season, that'd be wild. I would but. not be. I, people would be going nuts, yo. People are going to be nuts. That'd be great. 
Oh, Lord. Um, so my second, uh, this is very good value. So if you guys like want to go like insanely like into depth with running backs, just keep picking them, get some like top tier running backs and kind of just put on wide receiver. Uh, this is pretty much zero wide receiver, but get Russell Gage. Russell Gage uh, is criminally undersold. This guy is going fantasy pros wide receiver 58. 58 right so that's basically like no man's land pretty much undraftable and um i know he you can figure he can see the stats uh with the elevator role with julio jones uh going to the tennessee titans but um i i will definitely concede that i think kyle pitts would definitely take the lion's share of what julio jones vacated targets but still i think he could have a similar season um i know they probably won't run as many uh three wide receiver sets but still the guy finished wide receiver 37 and ppr and wide receiver 40 and standard you get an extra game i think he will have more playing time so like yeah give this guy a shot like he could be the end last pick of your draft and he could make a wide receiver three out of it he could be some guy that you're counting on a week like seven or eight when there's like 20 people on by so this is my guy bargain shopping bargain shopping i love i like that term there Jeff. i love it uh yeah i mean i think people are down on gauge because of a guy we're going to talk about later in kyle pitts um and him being the step up guy to be that true number two pass catcher where it could very much be gaze and gauge and the way you're getting him at like Jim just said can't go wrong with that. End of the season on the tear, too. So he did. Sure did. He sure did. All right. So my next one, guys, I'm going down my list here. I'm just going through what I have here. And my next one is Darrell Henderson. He's right now at Fantasy Pros half point PPR at 56, which puts him around around six right now or so. Can't do math right now, but around six or right now or so. And I think it's just criminal. I mean, we talk about uh Cam Akers as literally like a top. 10 running back a top 10 pick in drafts this year before he went down and he had Henderson there too it wasn't like Henderson wasn't there and now Henderson again I guess he's creeping up slowly obviously he's going higher but I mean even now I mean I'm doing drafts right now and I'm seeing him go in the fifth round still and I think it's just it's just a mistake I mean he, last year I mean the you know Rams were running backs combined for 12 uh overall um top uh 24 you know uh, weeks in terms of fantasy here and Henderson I mean when he's healthy he was putting up I mean, top 15 numbers last year when, when when Cam Akers was out and they just had Malcolm Brown. And now you have Xavier Jones, who, yeah, he's people are saying good things about him. But again, he's an undrafted guy. Jake Funk was a seventh round pick last year. Henderson had that third round value in him. So he's not like he's a seventh or sixth round guy like James Robinson is right now. He's a third round value who I think now he's going to year three should take that next step up here. And the fact that you're getting him as your RB2, again, this is a great time to punt the RB2 position on your team and get Henderson in round five, round six right now, and be pretty happy that you got someone as an RB one in round one, and then a tight end and maybe three wide receivers in the following three rounds. And then you get Henderson as your RB two. It's not a bad way to look at it. Great RB two. Yes. Great RB two. And some people, you can even get him as your RB three, which make it even more mm-hmm. sense right now. And I mean, most of my dynasty leagues have him as on, on as my RB three right now. So I'm thrilled about that. So uh, take the value where you can get it, guys, because the guy like Henderson right now could give you that value. So, And then we go to our last value here. Justin, you're back up, my friend. Yeah, the last value. So I'm going with a rookie here, big stretch. A lot of people have heard his name the last couple of weeks. Um, Lions rookie, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Uh, dude, he's, he's freaking good. Um, he wasn't really a highly scouted player. You know, he was just a fourth round selection USC wide receiver. Um, and he's a, he's a slot guy. He's a big slot wide receiver. But the thing is, who are the lines going to throw to this year? I mean, you got Hawkinson. I really like Hawkinson. Uh, I think he actually might lead the team in targets, but you got Pierman, Tyrell Williams. There's really, there's a lot of room for him to become that number one option. Uh, St. Brown, again, he plays in the slot, right? And their new quarterback, Jared Goff, um, he loves his slot guys. We saw this the last couple seasons as Cooper Cup has basically taken the league by storm, right? Um, I can see that with St. Brown. I really can. And everything that's going on with camp, I'm not sure if you guys are seeing this, but he's all over the place in camp. Uh, 
There's that video of him doing that one-handed catch right before practice. He's saying he's the first one there, last one out. Um, he actually got in a fight with another rookie, and the head coach loved it, dude. Like, they're really liking this guy. And just yesterday, there was a clip of him hurtling over uh, Akuda, their best cornerback, right? So I really like this guy. I think he's going to have a lot of targets. People aren't thinking so. Again, I think he's uh, – I can check right now. Fantasy Pros has him as the 66th wide receiver. So he's almost undraftable. Uh, definitely one of the last three rounds. I would snag this guy because he is a hidden gem, and he can definitely be a wide receiver three flex play weekly. Yeah, no, I, I love that pick there. I was a big fan of Amaran St. Brown when he was coming out this draft here, and he got himself in a situation for opportunity, which anyone can love that. I know Jibs loves opportunity for sure. Um, yeah, you, you can't go wrong with St. Brown because he could easily be their wide receiver one come week one, kind of have that, you know, Terry McLaurin-like season early on uh, in his career that just gets him into that top echelon early on in his career because of the opportunity that's given to him. And again, Williams and um, Perryman, they're injury-prone guys. Cephas has never shown us yet. I mean, though, I like him. Hopefully he steps up, but he hasn't shown it yet. Uh, St. Brown can easily just take that mantle and be the number one for this team here that they desperately need someone to step up. So outside of Hawkinson. Yeah, it's a weak weak receiver room. And I think... Even if he doesn't excel week one or two, he can definitely figure it out throughout the season. I know Justin Jefferson last year, he was on a snap count, but even he didn't see too much action the first two weeks, and look at what he ended up doing. Not saying he's going to be Justin Jefferson, but he has a chance to find a spot on this team where he's very relevant. My dynasty leagues would thank me if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, the best thing about it is there's no one there. Like, he just has a, a shot to just improve. Like, Jared Goff is just kind of just holding the team down until they, like, find the next guy. So, just yeah. full steam ahead. I like that. Full steam ahead. I love it. Uh, over to you, Jibs. What do we got? Oh, I'm going to go Jamal Williams. Uh, Fantasy Pros has him as uh, – excuse my dog um, – ADP of 126, which is very adequate. He's probably a, one of my favorite bench and a bench running backs you could get just because he has a little bit more standard alone value than the rest. And like, I know the coaches are probably just kind of feeling him as well. Like, they already been glowing about him, saying that he's like a 1B running back to DeAndre Swift. But like, the kind of like cherry on top of it right now, like, not the. DeAndre Swift's um, impediment, but like he's kind of dealing with the soft muscle injury. So like, I think he could pay dividends early on if you like get him late. And um, I think he'll have a little bit more like playing time just because I don't think they're just going to hammer him out for 15, 18 touches a game, DeAndre Swift. So like, I think they're going to slow him in. So we saw what he did when Aaron Jones went down last year, putting up 20 points a game and stuff like that. So like, I think the guy's legit. I think he's, a good guy to get late in drafts. Love that pick there. And and the one thing I want to mention about that is that, you know, we're all talking about DeAndre Swift for lowering and we're lowering him because of Jamal Williams there. And you see DeAndre Swift go later in drafts now, but Jamal Williams isn't going any higher in drafts. Yeah. That's the one thing I noticed. He's just saying <laughs> where he is in later rounds. It's like, how are you going to bring down Swift, but you're not going to bring up Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams higher because of that. So there's some issue there. And obviously at this point, Jim's mentioned, I mean, it's a great value. Because if something happens to Swift, you have yourself another RB1, which you've seen that of Jamal Williams at times in Green Bay. And he's a good guy. He loves anime. And, like, he's just yeah, funny. He's guy. That's why you should draft him. He loves anime. So. He's a comedian. <laughs> he's definitely a comedian. He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely a great pick there, Jibs. And then my last one here, real quick. I went with Jonu Smith. He's currently going ranked 158 overall. That puts him around, around 13, 14 uh, in, like, a 12-point man, 12-man uh, league right now. And to be honest, that's tight end 16, and it's is just doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, yes, you know, Hunter Henry is there now. Yes, it's Cam Newton, but we've seen Cam Newton make Greg Olson, not make Greg Olson, but keep Greg Olson a top five, top six fantasy tight end at times over his career. And, you know, they signed him early on. They gave him the big contract. They're going to find ways to use this guy. The receiving core does not scare me uh, at all, and they're not going to throw the ball to the running back. So who's going to catch the ball? It has to be the tight end this year. You're going to see a 360 in the terms of the tight end targets this year from like, I think it was like 20 last year to like almost over 200, not 200, but like at least 150, 160 this coming season here. And now again, Jonu Smith is a tremendous athlete. 
You can line him all over, all over the place. I saw a practice where he was the art, the running back at one point. Like they're going to use him in many different ways here, and I think he's going to be a big red zone threat for either Cam Newman or Mac Jones, whoever starts at some point. And you're getting him very late. I think if you like to punt the tight end position there, honestly, I think Jonu Smith is a great option to grab late in drafts in that 13, 14 range there, and just take that take that tight end because they have to throw the ball to someone. It can't just be run, run, run. They're not going to win that way. And Jonu Smith is athletic enough to be able to do a lot of work on this offense here. He, I think, is in for a big season that. Uh, people just aren't buying into just yet, and it's going to be a mistake this year. Poor Hunter Henry dealing with that shoulder injury, so yes. kind of puts a little light on your little pick right there. It ha <laughs> bigger. <laughs> hey, it helps. It, it definitely helps having Hunter Henry hurt, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> All right, guys. So over to the phase now. Well, now we're getting negative about it. Now I hate to say that, but we're getting negative now. Uh, and it's not negative. Maybe we'll still draft these guys, but it, we're not drafting them where they're going right now. So, uh, Justin, you're up on the clock, my friend. Where's your first fade? Yeah, I'll start with the first round guy, um, Jonathan Taylor. All right. So I might be getting some hate for this. I might not. We'll see. But Taylor's coming into the year and he's trying to basically start where he left off i mean what his last five five weeks of the season the dude was averaging over 100 rushing yards he was a touchdown machine uh dude is a fantastic talent but first round for me it it scares me if i'm being honest um they got running back marlon mack coming back they still have Hines in the receiving game uh, the questions about Wentz, their offensive line. Yes, they do have a great offensive line, but injuries appear to be happening uh, more and more for this Indianapolis team. The reason I'm nervous about Taylor specifically is his snap count. Uh, last year, he was around 58, 59% on his snap count, and that's over half, but compared to all the other first-round running backs, it's nowhere close to the snap count that the other guys are getting. Um, I'm nervous with Marlon Mack coming back and, again, Hines there in the PPR value. I feel like Taylor, yeah, he's going to have a good season, but as a first-round pick, guys, I mean, I'm nervous. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about this, but it's a loaded running back room for me, and I think I would rather have someone like, I don't know, Saquon or Zeke, if they fell to me, I would rather have them over Jonathan Taylor. I'm not disagreeing with you whatsoever. I'm on the same boat there. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm definitely on the same boat there. Oh, I think mm, I don't think I would want him as a first round either. But like, if you're kind of in a pinch and things get better with the Colts situation, and you want to consider him in that swing pick. Hey, go ahead and take him. But like, I still think maybe you probably value him. What would you guys say? Fourteen, uh, fifteen? I don't know. Something like that. I mean, like Austin Eckler. I would rather have an RB like him. If I'm PPR points, of course. I would almost rather have Austin Eckler than Jonathan Taylor in the second round instead of Taylor's ADP in the first. Um, I don't know. That's just me, but Taylor scares me. He definitely does. He's a confirmed round two pick for me at this. Yeah, point. I, yeah I think like I'll take him at sixteen or yeah. seventeen because I, I feel like you'll still have like a couple of receivers dangling like DeAndre Hopkins as well. So like I definitely take that route. Like two five, I'm okay with, but I'd prefer anything two five and later i think everything else is 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 a slight risk and i think you mentioned a lot of things that were pretty fadeable about him right now so i like that a lot there james over to you my friend what do you have for yours um i'm gonna go trey sermon uh just because i think it's kind of just the running back panic kind of zone where you're just kind of just missing out trying to just fill the position and you just know you're kind of banking on a couple of things like you know san francisco uses their backs you know he most kind of has been nicked up and he's an older running back. So you figure that he will kind of get in with the game early on in the season, but I just don't want to ride in there. There's a lot other, there's, there's a couple more players I like personally in that range. And, or I just want to fill my roster with like, you probably still could get like, if you haven't taken your quarterback, you could find Ryan Tannehill, um, AJ Dillon's out there, Tyler Boyd's down there. Come on. Like, 
And the list goes on. Brandon Cooks, Antonio Brown, just kind of people like I want to like fill my rosters with. I'd rather have um, these flexes, higher end flexes, than a guy who's just going to sit on my bench and be fodder for maybe or we don't know how what his playing situation is going to be either. So like I don't know. I'd rather take my chance with those guys and get eight carries a week. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not a big fan of Trey Sermon either, honestly. Uh, I think that people are going to draft him higher. I mean, I think he's not going as high yet, which is good. I um, mean, but something happened to most that I feel like his, he's, his value is going to skyrocket. And I think get out of control like Dave Montgomery's did a couple of years ago. Um, I think he has his own injuries to deal with. So uh, I, I, I like the fade there, Jibs. I don't hate 93 that. right now. Yeah. I like the fade too. I definitely like the fade here. Uh, I would see him maybe more in dynasty dynasty leagues, but as far as redrafting, um, you're basically banking on injuries for Sermon to really get snap counts. So I think he's a great running back, but year one redraft leagues, no thank you. Yeah, if you, yeah, I'll take him maybe like 12, 14 picks, like around after that. Like yeah. I'll consider him, but not like right there. That's just I insane. Yeah. yeah, definitely agree with you guys on that one. Uh, let's see. What do I have? My first one here, guys. I have Josh Jacobs right now. Josh Jacobs. Where, the, where was he? So hard. He was uh, 30. Yes. RB, an RB, but overall 30 overall. And I, and again, I like Josh Jacobs still as a player. I mean, but like at 30 overall, I mean, you're just asking a lot. He's going ahead of guys like Swift and Chris Carson right now. And even Miles Gaston, I'll even throw in there. And I just think that's too much, honestly, right now for him, because you don't know the situation right now, what's going on there. And, 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 Las Vegas now and I just can't rely on that I mean yeah he's a talented guy but the offensive line is going through changes they're continuing to lose I think that someone else got hurt on their offensive line that's new now um I mean Darren Waller isn't playing right now I don't know what's up with that right now but I mean if something were injury happened to him I mean that's just going to tear the whole offense apart uh and again Kenny Drake's is there he's going to have some work you don't pay a guy 14 million over two years to do nothing on the backup role he's going to have a role in this offense here and Josh Jacobs, unfortunately, I think you're you're betting too much if you're taking him as your RB2. It, it's risky to take him as your RB2 because he's not going to have consistent weeks. I think he'll have his weeks where he's like two touchdowns and has like 60 yards, and you'll be happy with that. But um, you're asking too much to be be an RB2 for him consistently. Low-end RB2, high-end RB3, I think, makes more sense for me personally. Um, but especially at 30 overall, I mean, that puts him right there in, in round three, which I think is a mistake. I think round four... End of round four makes so much more sense for a guy like Josh Jacobs right now. And uh, let's go back around to the front again. Justin, you're up, my friend. What do we got? Uh, yeah, so I'm going with the rookie on this one. Um, we brought up his name earlier, and you guys talked about him, I guess, uh, in your past episodes. But Kyle Pitts, for me, his ADP is fourth round range, according to most resources. Um, I mean, Pitts, fantastic talent, right? He was unbelievable to watch in college. He probably has the most attention entering training camp as he was the top five pick. He was the fourth overall uh, pick in April's draft. And people are expecting him to take the league by the horns and dominate right off the bat, especially with Julio departing from Atlanta. It basically leaves, what, 80, 100 targets open. I mean, Julio was their guy, so... Uh, the thing about Pitts, though, right, he's going in the fourth round. And as far as I know, I know you guys are both older than me, so I'm sure you can back me up here. But I don't think there's ever been a rookie tight end taken in the top four rounds. Let's think about that again. A rookie tight end taken in the top four rounds, guys. Probably not. Right? I've never heard of that. Even in the Gronk days, right, it even took a couple seasons for him to start going around there. But – I don't know. I'm nervous about him because unless he's a top three tight end, this top, this fourth round pick is there's n- there's not enough value for me. I mean, you can get much better players in this round. You're expecting them to be a top guy, and as he definitely can be, I don't think he's going to be a week to week basis, 15, 17, 18 point guy. I mean, that's just me. I feel like he can be great if you can get him later, but Fourth round's way too early for me. Yeah, um, kind of on the same page, honestly. I mean, I think people will take him just because of the what-if scenario. But, 
I mean, history has shown us. I mean, rookie tight ends. I mean, their best seasons are like 706. I mean, you're taking him at his ceiling, if that's the case. You're not taking him at a value right now. And um, it's not really worth the first round, fourth round investment when someone else who can get as a wide receiver could put a maybe another 50, 60 points more than he could um, in the season. So uh, I definitely like that, for, that second fade there for sure. Jibs, my friend, what's he got for us? I'm going to go Ronald Jones and like, I wouldn't mind drafting him in five minute pinch and like the situations. Right. But he's going right now at pick 71 and like, that's basically five picks just be, uh, just ahead of Leonard Fournette. So that just tells you like the kind of situation it is. Like, we don't know what the read is on there. Like if you look at Ronald Jones stats last year, looks pretty. All right. Like finish RB 15 is standard, 20 in PPR, had like solid double digit point scoring. But like the eye level, you're watching the games and stuff like that, just like fumbling issues, not catching the ball, drops and stuff like that. We saw what he did. I mean, Leonard Fournette did in the playoffs, like just being like efficient workhorse. So like I think they, what, they, they brought everyone back. Like they brought even Gio Bernard back. So like, I mean, they brought from there but um i just think like he's kind of capped i think like if Leonard Fournette kind of gets an increased role in the offense and geo bernard takes over passing downs i think it's kind of a, um just ronald jones getting touchdowns which is always an unpredictable factor in um fantasy football so i like me i'd rather take receivers in that range so i don't want ronald jones I respect it. I definitely respect it. I'm a big I'm a big Jones fan, but I definitely don't like where I'm would have to draft him at if I really want him on my team. So I like the fade there, Jibs. All right. Uh so my next one here, I went with Debo Samuels. Sitting at um uh ADP eighty four right now. And to me again, that's what I can't think about I can't do math tonight. Uh it's about round eight right now. And um I just don't like it. I just don't like I think I think Debo Samuels is a terrific player, but he is a football player. He's not a fantasy player. I mean, he's going ahead of guys like Tyler Boyd, who I think put up big fantasy numbers every year of the last like three seasons. Um, Debo Samuels, I mean, he's got his own injury concerns. He could be either number one or number three uh, on the in terms of pass catching this year, and you just don't know. And again, I, I just don't see his value being a thousand, 1100 yard guy in seven touchdown kind of season. I feel like he's a good eight, 900 yards at best and maybe five, four or five touchdowns. I don't think he qualifies as that really high end RB th- uh, wide receiver three right now in fantasy. And I think even with him possibly missing games, of course, because of injuries, uh, I think it's just, it seems it's just a fade right now. I think you're better off waiting until like round 10 to get a guy like Debo Samuels, because honestly, I think round eight is too early for a guy who could end up being the wide receiver three on a run first uh, San Francisco team. It just, it's just too high for me to want to take a guy like that. And then Justin, we come back to yours, my friend for your very last one. What do we got? Yeah. My last one is actually going to be one last rookie. I know I'm kind of on the rookie fade train today, but Jamar chase, he's going to be my guy for my last fade. Um, I have him as going anywhere from the fifth to sixth rounds. Uh, I can check right now. Fantasy Pros, yeah, has him at like 62, right? So he's another top rookie that was drafted. Everyone's excited to see him reunite with his old quarterback. Uh, Him and Joe definitely did some crazy things together in college. But despite how talented Chase is, I mean, what? He's already joining an already stacked team, guys. I mean – Sure, game script may fall into his play, but you had T. Higgins, who had a phenomenal rookie year last year. Um, He actually could be someone that I feel like his ADP might be a little low. I like T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd, I mean, was he not their number one option last year? Why is everyone forgetting about him? And you got Joe Mixon, right? He's a 55 reception running back, maybe more. Uh, There's so many bodies on this team. And the ball can only go around so much. So I'm a little nervous. And the thing is, I really like Jamar Chase. Like, I loved him in college. But fantasy-wise, I'm scared that there's going to be way too many bodies. And, I mean, 
do you guys even remember? Like he hasn't played in a year, right? He sat out because of COVID. People are forgetting about that. So it's been a while. I'm excited as a lot of my family's from Ohio. So I hope the Bengals play good, right? But Jamar Chase has a wide receiver two, maybe even high-end wide receiver three. It scares me. I feel like you guys can get a lot better people. I love that. That was one of the guys I wanted to pick right off the bat. It's a, it's a great take. It, it makes a ton of sense, and that's why I'm like a big Tyler Boyd believer this year because I just I don't see the Justin Jefferson-like season in year one for a guy like Chase this year. Yeah. Love that take there for sure. Chibs, over to you, my friend. My last one is going to be Kareem Hunt. He is – let me look. Snaps. Uh, He's an RB too, right? There, people are taking him as a high. It's Miles Gaskin range. Yeah. Uh, forty nine. Sorry, uh, I need reading glasses now. ADP forty nine. Basically, you're like you're low in RB twos, and I don't want to do that at all. Like basically, like I know he, he kind of went in a similar range last year. I think it was kind of higher fifties though, but people kind of cashed in on Nick Chubb getting hurt those four games when he was out pretty much five games where he probably got hurt in the one game. But um, I just don't, I just don't want to get, uh, I don't want to play like the, I don't want to roll the dice on this one just because like Nick uh, cream hunt got so lucky with his like garbage time, like specialty role and all that good stuff. Like sometimes Nick Chubb kind of just rolled that drive down the whole field and then cream hunt will just come in third down boom and get a touchdown. So a lot of that kind of like in, Toted his value, getting him like a top like 12, 15 finish last year. But I don't think this is going to be the same case this year. I think Nick Chubb's going to be more superior. And I think it's going to kind of be a relative value. I think it's kind of risky to take Kareem Hunt that high. Yeah. I. You want to go? Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree here, guys. Um, Kareem Hunt, he's a hell of a talent, but Chubb's their guy. Chubb is a one of the best running backs in the NFL and there's no stopping him. So I really, really like Chubb and cream hunts, ADP guys, fourth round RB two. I mean, geez, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that at all. I would rather have a team's RB one that you can still get in the fourth round than him. Who's the clear two back. Um, and as far as handcuffs go, I just wanted to say this real quick. I don't want Chubb owners, people who draft Chubb, to feel like they need to take Kareem Hunt too, all right? That's not the case here. Uh, I'm a big handcuff guy, right? I took JK and Gus just a couple days ago. Love that duo. But here, handcuffs stay away. There's no need to waste a fourth-round pick on an RB2, not even just in general, on his team, right? So that's my opinion there. And I love that there, guys. Both both takes are fantastic. I mean, we were talking about this, I think, no, I guess the other day when we had a, our pod. I mean, it's just he was clearly the backup when Chubbs came back and was healthy. So, I mean, yes, you have a role and at times will be flex worthy. But at round four, you're just you're asking for a guy that you could get in Dobbins, uh, not Dobbins, but Gus Edwards in round 10. Yeah. So, that's, you might as well just not do that. Flexes. Don't do that yet. Don't handcuff Hunt and Kareem. That's just dumb. Oh, <laughs> that's just dumb. Neither one of them. Doing those together makes no sense. But That's your Homer fan. <laughs> all right, all right. So my last one of the night, guys, is Raheem Mostert at 66. I know we talked about two 49ers guys at this point, but, like, it's pretty obvious. 49ers running backs get hurt constantly. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the field. I don't know what it is, but they get hurt. And Raheem Mostert, yes, you're going to get, like, two or three, like, amazing weeks at him that he might win your week, but – He's been known not to stay healthy either. I mean, just it doesn't make sense. We've we've seen him not be able to put a full 16-game season together, and he's in year six or seven now. I think it's six. But at that point, that's the point. Like, you're getting a guy in round – what round did I say he was in? Round uh, six right now, which just doesn't make sense. I'd rather wait longer for a high upside backup or, you know, someone who I know is going to play, play 16 games like Devin Singletary. Uh, it doesn't sound flashy whatsoever. I get it, but I'd rather have a guy knows going to probably play a whole season than go for Rahimos that's going to get you three great weeks and then be injured for half the season and come back and play one or two games the rest of the year. Just to me, at round six, it doesn't really make sense to take that kind of risk. Uh, again, that's why I say take running backs early or go late. 
don't take the middle round running backs right now because I think getting a wide receiver in round six, like T. Higgins, makes much more sense than going where he mostly in round six. I, I totally agree with you. And you get your buddy Odell from we previously mentioned. In round seven. So, so. do that instead. <laughs> I'm okay. Oh. And he's gone. <laughs> oh, wow. Panic in the disco. Well, I don't even know. Oh, he's back. He's back. Dun, 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 yeah, my bad. I clicked off the wrong button. I was <laughs> my tabs here. So, uh, yeah, guys, sorry about that. I left the stream. But, yeah, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna wrap things up after my uh, mishap there, guys. But, uh, uh, Justin, man, it was great having you on, brother. I'm uh, yeah. hoping to have you on a whole bunch of more podcasts this year, man. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. yeah let everyone know where it's they can kind of find you at on, um, on, tw- on Twitter. Yeah, I'm all over Twitter doing football season long, big college basketball guy. So I'll be reporting all year uh, at just my name, at Justin Pottinger, P-O-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. Find me there, guys. Slap a follow. Yeah, so definitely give him a follow, guys. We'd appreciate it for sure. He's a member of our team now. And, uh, again, he's in a, he's been post, posting out articles for us left and right. And, again, we're going to hopefully get him on some podcasts during this fall here and let him uh, let him just talk his talk that he's been doing today. So, uh, it's definitely going to be happening for sure. So um, that's pretty much it for the day, guys. I mean, as always, please go tune tune into the Fantasy Coaches website at www.fantasycoaches.com where my stuff, Justin's stuff is on there article-wise. we got rankings up there. Uh, the podcast will be up there to kind of listen to after the fact if you like. Uh, a lot of things going on over there. And, of course, next Wednesday, August 18th, guys, we're having our podathon uh, for the Humane Society of, New- of the United States. Uh, kind of hoping to raise money for them and, you know, start our charity leagues. We've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast. We'll be doing that from 5 to 11 next week, p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so help tune in for that. Help donate. Um, just hit us up for that. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. And if you want to hit up me or Jibs up and ask us any questions, you can do that at Coach Stephen P. All right, hot take honcho. Hot take honcho. Uh, so until next time, guys, we'll be back talking wide receivers again. The next part of our tier list. Uh, until then, guys, have a good The back is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like Cooper Scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. Go.